Today's episode of the two-man power trip of wrestling is dedicated to the life, memory, and career of Jim the Anvil Neidhart. <laughs> you know, some people think I'm a little strange. Yeah. Other wrestlers think I'm a little strange. In fact, a lot of wrestlers don't even want to wrestle the anvil. Why, I don't know. Is it because when I pick a guy up for a body slam and I slam him to the floor, <laughs> maybe it's too much for them. Or when the anvil climbs the top rope and pow, <laughs> comes down upon people, maybe they don't like that. Maybe that hurts. <laughs> I love hurting other wrestlers, especially real big wrestlers and real big challenges. Because I like a challenge. What's up, guys? It's the phenomenal AJ Styles. You're listening to the two-man power trip. Oh, my God. This is Joey Styles, and you're listening to the two-man power trip podcast. This is Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. This is Cody Rhodes, the prince of pro wrestling, and you are listening to two-man power trip. This is Jimmy Vine, the boogie Wooker man. Tell my people and my brothers and sisters, don't you dare miss John and Chad. Hey, everybody out there. This is the franchise Shane Douglas. Remember me? <laughs> well, guys, it's great to be on the show again. I appreciate you asking me back. So you said you were going to pinch yourself. I didn't know it was that kind of show now. I mean, if you guys are in the privacy of your own home, if you want to do these things. Good. How you doing, Chad? Hey, Johnny. Cool, man. What's going on? We ready to go or what? Okay. Hey, man. What's up, guys? This is Homicide. Oh, that's my homie. Homicide with a big homie club. Yeah, that would be it. Hey, this is David Penzer, and this is the two-man power trip of wrestling. Well, thank you, thank you. Hear me, fear me. I don't do many wrestling shows anymore, probably because I'm a bit ignorant. You guys probably know ten times more than I do. Look, Mean Gene, I can't be beat. I'm the greatest of all time. And I would say that. And every kid, I, they knew they could kick the out of me. Great talking to you guys. It's been your pleasure. <laughs> They've worked in and around the wrestling business. They've studied thousands of hours of wrestling, and now they bring to you the greatest legends, Hall of Famers, creative minds, and both current and future stars of pro wrestling. They are Primetime Pod and Chad, the two-man power trip of wrestling. has not been sanctioned. The battleground was Monday nights. 80. For a campaign of 83 consecutive weeks. 3. There was a clear winner in this historic war. Weeks. This is the story of that campaign. 83 weeks. 20 years later, the time has come the whole truth. For the whole truth. This is 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson. Subscribe. 
subscribe and listen for free anywhere you enjoy podcasts as new episodes of 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff drop starting this Monday on the Westwood One Podcast Network. This is the two-man power trip of wrestling brought to you today and powered by our good old partner, Figures Toy Company. Figures Toy Company is revolutionizing the wrestling figure industry by creating collectible action figures of the hottest talent in the industry today, as well as paying homage to the legends of the past. And these these fully posable 6-inch action figures are compatible with modern wrestling figures from other companies and feature intricate designs and realistic clothing accessories. Their rising stars of wrestling and the legends of professional wrestling lines feature stars such as Tamatanga, Sammy Callahan, Chris Hero, Jim Cornette, the franchise Shane Douglas, Mikey Whipwreck, the Blue Meanie, and many, many more. And you can find every single one of them over at figurestoycompany.com and wrestlingsuperstore.com. And a little bit more about both of those great websites in just a couple of minutes because we got to get into today's introduction for a gigantic episode featuring a guy who I tell him at the beginning of our introduction of his overall interview, if you're not listening to our show, odds are you're listening to one of his, and we are welcoming in Conrad Thompson to today's program. And it's uh, it's kind of cool to have on a fellow podcasting host, especially somebody like Conrad, because we've worked with and we've interviewed a lot of the guys that Conrad talks to and works with on a weekly basis. So I kind of feel like uh, we've almost uh, met him indirectly by working with all these other great talents like Eric Bischoff and interviewing Bruce Pritchard and Tony Schiavone and kind of talking about him but never being able to get him on the airwaves and kind of shoot the shit with him in that capacity. So it's kind of cool to kind of maybe close that door and finally breaking that seal and getting him in here, but it's also talking about StarCast. And obviously so many wrestling fans out there are talking about StarCast, they're talking about the all-in weekend in Chicago, and it's going to be a happening for sure. But, I mean, I don't even know if we can cover all of it. There's so many amazing events. There's so many uh, meet and greets and panels and special things that you can do. And you can find out all the information about that in this interview. And we'll kind of direct you in the proper place to go to find all that. But, John, as I welcome you in here now, you know, I don't think I really could hit it home anymore that with Conrad coming on the show, it kind of seals up all the loose ends of, of having talked to Bruce Pritchard and having spent so much time around Eric Bischoff and talking to Tony Schiavone and even our buddy Matt Kuhn who does the show Why It Ended and, and kind of getting to know Conrad through each and every one of these people. I feel like in this interview with us, we kind of present him in a different light because if you've heard a couple of his interviews, I'm not going to say people kind of kiss up to him, but I feel like we do it a little differently and this episode was a lot of fun and I really uh, I enjoyed having Conrad on the show. Oh yeah, he was definitely a blast, definitely a fun interview, definitely a great guy, and you know, he's got so much going on, like you mentioned, the Tony show, that Bischoff show, the Pritchard show, I mean, he's got so many shows going on, then you throw StarCast on top of it, and you gotta make it a whole four-day thing, it, you gotta book all those guests, you gotta book the venue, you gotta book the hotel, so he is a busy, busy man, obviously he's also planning for a wedding, woo, if you know what I mean, as well. So, I mean, he's got so much stuff going on. It is great. But, uh, you know, aside, you know, you mentioned the Macoon relationship. Obviously, you mentioned Eric, who we spend a lot of time with. But, you know, on, on besides that, he actually is a super nice guy because we've talked off air a few times. And he did invite us to StarCast. So he really does kind of want everyone to be a part of it, not just his guys and not just 
the real popular podcast or anything like that. So, you know, everybody he wanted involved. So he did make um, an effort to ask us, which I thought was really nice. I really appreciated that. So because he wanted us to be a part of it as well. So I just thought that was really, really cool of him. And uh, I know he's got so much going on. He's such a busy guy. But I just felt like, you know, with even all that going on to kind of extend that to us was really, really cool. And it was really cool to finally get him on the show. Because, Chad, I don't even know if you know this, um, the big gold belt book that uh, Dick Bourne wrote, he actually gave um, Matt Coon the actual book of all the autographs. And when we had Ron Garvin last year in Virginia, he asked if, if I could get Garvin to sign the book. I guess that was the only autograph that he didn't have in that book, which is an awesome book, by the way, and which is by myself i have it signed by a couple of guys as well so i thought that was kind of a cool little go-between little side story as well that wow we got that book we helped them finish that collection if you will we got to help them finish that book so that's another little tidbit to, to kind of just throw out there but really 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 fun interview i like kind of going more in depth with him not just about starcast not just about his shows but a little bit about his uh, personal life as well yeah, I mean, it's cool to talk about him in, in that way. And, and everybody, when they're having him on these shows in this huge promotion of, of StarCast, they kind of get lost in just focusing in on a lot of aspects that are being promoted across different channels. So what do we think we would do with it? We're going to go uh, down a different road. and We talk about some more personal stuff, and we talk about things that, you know, I don't know if many people really know about his personal life and, and whether or not they listen to his shows or not. You know, maybe you will after hearing this interview. It's uh, it's in the podcasting world. He revolutionized it in a way that he kind of changed it from uh, when you have a host that was a former wrestler, you don't have to follow a certain formula. And it's just like what we do with Shane on the Triple Threat. We don't follow a formula. You kind of have to just create your own destiny. And he managed to really single out that format of let's take a show or a topic or something, focus in on it for the two hours or three hours or something. God, ungodly amount of time sometimes that they spend talking about a subject and he really changed the face of how these podcasts are done and, and you got to tip your cap to him but yeah you mentioned he invited us to StarCast and that's uh that is very cool and you see how other shows are really uh they're promoting the hell out of it that they're going to be there and I hope uh, everybody has a great time I hope everybody enjoys uh the space that they'll have allotted to them and what they'll be able to do with it and uh you know, schedule is not permitting us to be there, and we wish we could, and we appreciate Conrad and, and the things that he was extending to us. Uh, that would have been awesome. And you know what? I know he said this could be a one and done, but hell, you never know. Maybe the next time. But, John, what else can you tell us about this episode with Conrad and the fact that, you know, you've been addicted to 83 weeks. You're such a Bischoff, Mark. You've been addicted to it. You're telling me about it every day. But uh, what else can you kind of point us in the direction with with this interview? We talk about so many different things, whether it's something to wrestle with, whether it's what happened when, whether it's especially 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff, which is a show that I pretty much I'm catching up. I'm almost finished with uh, every episode that they put out. Such a WCW guy, such a Bischoff guy. So I just knew right off the bat that I would love that show. But uh, Conrad does a great job with it. So one of the things that we do talk about in the interview and one of the things that I really appreciate about that show is not just, oh, Eric, what's your recollection or what's this? I love the research and the backstory and the almost grilling Eric a, a little bit about you know certain things and how it went down and why it went down and you know really really dissecting it. So it's one thing I and I love research and I, and I'll even break out my old uh, DVDs that were once VHSs and you know watching old Nitro because I sometimes don't prefer watching it on the network because 
the you know the edit button was hit or you know the, some music was taken out so sometimes i like to watch the original stuff but i do love his work ethic and that he's going out and he's looking up uh you know whether it's bret hart's book or whether it's dave Meltzer's observer whether it's wade keller he does a lot a lot of research and we went a little bit in depth into the the realm of of kind of where he gets the research from and why you know why he's doing that so i thought that was a really cool part of the interview as well and Yes, Chad. 83 weeks. You better start listening, buddy. It's a great show. <laughs> oh, we talk about my favorite podcaster on this one. We talk about uh, Vince Russo. I'll let you give me the recaps of 83 weeks, but we talked about everybody, and we talked about all that crazy shit that went on with Vince Russo uh, at, a, a couple months back now at this point. It was so long ago and early in the StarCast casting process. Uh, it's kind of cool that we are able to talk about somebody who's not related to that podcasting uh, brand of Conrad, uh, but get that perspective on it. And again, something I really haven't felt you've heard from some of these other interviews out there with Conrad. Uh, but John, before we get into it, got to get your recommendation uh, for the WWE Network, which of course, if you want to try us on the WWE Network, all you got to do is type in wwenetwork.com slash TMPT. You get that one month free trial. So John, what would you recommend for our listeners uh, in relation to uh, Conrad? when it comes to the WWE Network? Well, with him, I mean, they do do a lot of watch-alongs with when you, you know, which if you watch or, excuse me, if you listen to the uh, Tony Schiavone What Happened When show, they do do a lot of watch-alongs, which is pretty cool and a, and a great way to kind of hear Tony beat Tony and, and call some matches again, even in a comedic sense. I think that is always great when they do that. Obviously, mainly what you're going to have to watch if you're if you're if you're listening to eight, three weeks, I would kind of watch any of those shows, whether it's Great American Bash ninety eight or anything he's talking about. But specifically, my network recommendation, of course, is gonna be something else to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Gotta check that out. If you're going to the WWE Network, use and if you want a free month, that is WBnetwork.com slash TMPT for your free month. So if you go to the WWE Network, go to the originals, go to something else to wrestle with. And just for Chad, I'm going to recommend this specific episode. Something else to wrestle Bruce Pritchard. When he and Conrad talk Vince Russo. So, yes, that's my network recommendation. Something else to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard, Conrad Thompson. And I'm recommending the Vince Russo episode. All right. Yeah, definitely. We'll, uh, we'll all check that out. And I thought you were going to go with uh, Shawn Michaels for a second. And uh, try to strap Shane down into a chair and get him to uh, to have to listen <laughs> to some Shawn Michaels stories for uh, for an hour or so. But we'll definitely go ahead and check that out. And we want to thank Conrad again for taking that time uh, that he spent with us and, and talking about everything. The podcast, his mortgage business, and all the craziness that's going on with StarCast and uh, the All-In Weekend. Which, uh, again, hats off to everybody. Hope you have a great show. We'd love to be there, but uh, you all can just uh, listen to our shows and uh, talk about us with, uh, with us not being there, almost behind our back or something. But obviously, best of luck to everybody involved. And uh, hey, while you're there at StarCast and at All In, why don't you walk around and see if you catch any of the figures, toy company, rising stars of professional wrestling, and the legends of professional wrestling action figures. See if any of those bad boys are getting signed throughout the uh, convention center. And see if you can run into any of the people that have 
those action figures out there, including, like I said, a Sammy Callahan or a Tamatanga or a Mikey Whipwreck or a Blue Meanie, guys that are all going to be in attendance at StarCast, and they will be doing their thing and meeting the fans, and you will be able to get those figures signed. So head on over to WrestlingSuperstore.com and FiguresToyCompany.com. Pick up one today. Get a rush shipment so you can get it in time for uh, StarCast, and you can uh, you can have some fun and meet a lot of great wrestling talent that weekend in Chicago. And, uh, you know, what else can you say? It's going to be a happening. So with all of that being said, we want to tell you this in the uh, the coming weeks. We're going to have a lot of cool stuff coming your way, so please stay tuned to not just the two-man power trip, but also the Triple Threat podcast. we got a big episode 60 coming up here in a couple of days, and we got some really cool topics headed your way, so please take a listen, subscribe, and uh, keep it locked into the two-man power trip because a lot of cool things are happening, and we, uh, we can't wait to roll everything out and uh, deliver a little bit more of that listening goodness right into your earbuds. So... John, with all that being said, why don't we do this? Let's hit him with a little bit of two-man power trip of wrestling business. And let's get it on over to the big man, Conrad Thompson. Now for some TMPT business. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Two Man Power Trip and at Wrestling Pal. Please subscribe to us on YouTube. Also, subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback. Also, while on iTunes, check out the feed for prior legendary episodes featuring the living legend Bruno San Martino, the late great American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the Enforcer Arn Anderson, Ray Mysterio Jr., Glenn Kane Jacobs, the phenomenal AJ Styles, lead WWE attorney Jerry McDivitt, and so many others. Also, while you're on the internet, check out ProWrestlingTees.com. Yes, that is ProWrestlingTees.com. They are your superstore for all your wrestling t-shirt needs. Check out our page. Check out Tito Santana, Coco Beware, Kevin Thorne, Magnum TA, and so many others. Also, while you're on the web, check out our website, tmptofwrestling.com. And for all you Android users, please hit us up on Google Play or Player FM. And all you iOS users, please check us out on TuneIn Radio, Automatic, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. And now, without any further ado, he is the co-host of Something to Wrestle With, What Happened When, in 83 Weeks. He is a two-time Podcast of the Year Award winner. You may know him as the Mortgage Guy. He is Conrad Thompson. Please enjoy. Welcome to Something to Wrestle With. Something to Wrestle With. Brett's Pritchard. Pritchard. Well, you know. That's not a rib. She booted. Let her rip. No, you have a meal. There's no box of gimmicks. Rumor and innuendo. I don't deal in rumor and innuendo. It, it, it. Was he there? I was there. I don't give a shit. <laughs> I ain't scared of shit. I ain't scared of shit. I Q Bruce. I love Machine. God damn, kid. God damn it. What the hell show you got there? I need more. Ooh, yeah. What say you? Pronouns, 
something to wrestle with con Bruce Pritchard. Y que Well, joining us on the line tonight is someone who, if you're not listening to our show, you're probably more than likely listening to one of his. I mean, when you think about wrestling podcasts, this guy's pretty much helped revolutionize what we actually listen to in terms of a wrestling podcast. And he's got a lot of big things in the works. And we're really happy to be joined tonight by the one and only Conrad Thompson. Conrad, welcome to the two-man power trip. Hey, man. Thanks for having me on. I, uh, I've enjoyed you guys' show for a long time. It's pretty cool to finally be on. I appreciate that very much. Uh, likewise, and uh, the feeling is mutual now that we get that all out of the way. But, uh, man, I don't know what to say. I mean, we've been talking to Well, John's been talking to you for quite a while. And to see what's been going on here the last couple of months and the blossoming of all the things going on in, in your, uh, your branding, your world, it's unbelievable, and of course, we're going to be talking about StarCast here in a couple of minutes, but what's the last couple of months been like for you? Because it just seems like you're uh, you're doing a million and a half things, and uh, I don't know how you have enough time in the day to even get through all of it. I don't either. It's been absolute hell. Um, burnout is right around the corner. I know everybody else is having fun, and I'm glad, but uh, September 3rd cannot get here fast enough for me. This is... Uh... <laughs> This convention thing seemed like a good idea, and then it got a little bigger, and it got a little bigger, and it got a little bigger, and now it's more than I can keep up with, but I've had fun doing it, but it has required uh, me just forfeiting a lot of sleep between the three podcasts and the network show, and then we started Patreon, and Bruce and I do shows on the road now, and now I'm starting to do those with Eric and Tony, and oh, by the way, uh, I have a mortgage company to run, so it's it's a lot to uh, wrap my head around, and this is probably the last StarCast, so I'm going out with a bang, man. <laughs> yeah, it's always good to go out with a bang, but especially to see how much it's grown. I mean, even from the first announcement, you knew with the players involved it was going to be something pretty big, and you know, us having promoted the convention ourselves, and we toured at different cons on the East Coast with a different you know group of guys. Obviously, we do a lot of stuff with the franchise. But, you know, we see how difficult it is to put stuff together. But our show we did in Richmond, I mean, pales in comparison to what this has grown into. And to see the panels and to see the amount of guests, I mean, it's literally a who's who. And also, we would have loved to have been there. But obviously, scheduling commitments on our end would prevent that. So we'll get that out of the way, too. But just to see it grow, I mean, like you said, it's just been this um, avalanche, you know, this snowball running down the mountain. Is this an absolute shock to see how much it's grown? Yeah, absolutely. You know, the original idea was to just do a wrestling podcast convention and have a handful of shows over a couple of days. And then it became, you know, well, what if we piggybacked all in and became like their official convention partner? But unlike, you know, a WrestleCon, we didn't have matches. So rather than there be someone who was in competition with all in, let's partner with all in and create that convention experience. And we could not only feature the guys who were on that all in card, superstars from yesterday and give an opportunity to really shine a light on some of the really fun podcasts I enjoy, like Sean Waltman's show or Medusa's show. And, you know, we started just going through and trying to figure out, hey, as a fan, what would I want to go to? 
So rather than just do the What a Rush podcast with Roadware Animal or the J.J. Dillon show, what if we put them together and called it a War Games retrospective? And we had a couple of guests like Tully Blanchard, and we brought in, you know, J.J. Dillon and Lex Luger and Animal and got them all on the same stage to tell that old story about the War Games and then do the same thing with Jerry Lawler's show rather than just do Dinner with the King. Well, what if him and Terry Fox sat down with Bill After and talked about the empty arena match? So one after another, we created four days worth of events and it's like nonstop, especially Friday. I think we get started at like nine or 10 in the morning. Uh, actually, I, I think Busted Open will be there at eight. So we're like eight in the morning until one in the evening. It's going to be insane. It's quite the task, that's to say the least. And we've all seen this wrestling podcast medium grow over the last few years. And obviously, I think our tracks kind of parallel in terms of the amount of years that we've been doing it. But we all saw them casually, how they were as a, you know, a small segment of uh, wrestling broadcasting, you know, four or five years ago versus the last three years. That and other thing in itself is huge because you're incorporating other shows. You see all the, uh, the, the, the Twitters out there of people who are now being associated with StarCast. And, and it comes kind of like a badge of honor for people to be a part of it. Do you like incorporating these other shows and actually being able to kind of get to know them on a one-on-one basis too? Absolutely. You know, I, I'm, I'm big on there's something for everybody. And that's what we've tried to do with StarCast. You know, we've got... Everybody from Macaulay Culkin to the insane clown posse at this thing, because I want to make sure that, you know, there really is something for everybody. So if you're more of an old school guy, you've got the Terry Fonks. If you're more new school, well, I mean, you've got the Young Bucks. How, how new and innovative does that get? But you've also got some revitalized acts like PCO. I mean, it's a who's who of who's going to be at StarCast and getting a share in all of that and have all these superstars there to sort of be at the disposal of these other shows is going to create some of the best shows that people have ever had. You know, and it's funny too, because we saw that Shane had been announced for the show and obviously uh, he's now not going to be there because he's going to be in Australia with Dominic DiNucci and Dominic DiNucci's return to a country that he made famous years ago. So that's kind of cool for Shane, but you know, we want to be a part of that. We want Shane to be a part of it because the, the different shows that are there and all the different pundits of the business are all going to be there. And it is new school and it's old school. So where do you fall in the new school versus old school department? Because obviously you do your shows that are retrospective, but now you've got some ties to more of the newer guys. So where do you kind of fall in that landscape? You know, it's, it's weird for me to say because I feel like this is different from like an Elvis or a Beatles question. You know, the old thing is you're either an Elvis person or a Beatles person I think I'm a little bit of both you know I mean obviously I grew up in the Attitude Era and the Golden Age you know the 80s the Hulk Hogan's and Ultimate Warriors and Macho Man's that's really my favorite time in wrestling 1989 and 1997 but I enjoy it now just as much as I ever did just in a different way I mean certainly some of the imagination of what it is and what it could be and what it might be and you know, none of that is there anymore, but I do just enjoy it a much different way now. And I think there's never been a better time to be a fan than right now. And I'm, I'm so proud of what Cody and the Bucks have been able to put together, not just for themselves or their families, but for future generations of wrestling. I mean, they've really upset the apple cart here. And they're, if this goes down the way we imagine it will, and it certainly looks like it will, you know, wrestling will be forever changed. You know, there's a new precedent that's being set here with this show and, we're just excited to be a part of it. So, 
I guess I was proud to be old school, but now I'm thinking it might be pretty cool to be new school. Yeah, you know, everybody's got to evolve, but also the, uh, the, the link from the old school to the new school with this StarCast convention being paired with All In is great because, you know, it started with Flair a couple of years ago when you did the show with Flair. Then it evolved into what you're doing with Bruce and then obviously with Tony Schiavone and also with, uh, with Eric Bischoff. And what's cool about pretty much all four of those guys, I'm going to put Flair a little bit off to the side, but Pritchard, Schiavone, and also Bischoff, it's like Schiavone was almost completely out of this business and, and had nothing to do with it. Eric, you didn't see him. You saw him kind of dabbling, but he was more uh, kind of cast off a little bit. You hadn't seen him on TV, so nobody really knew what he was doing. And Bruce... After the TNA run, nobody really knew what he was up to. So you helped breathe new life into these guys as well. And I guess that also, it's kind of like a badge of honor for you in terms of uh, your link to that old school. You know, you've really helped some guys get reattached to a new fan base. Yeah, I mean, I really do think it's the old Paul Heyman. Accentuate the positives, hide the negatives. You know, Bruce Pritchard is the best storyteller in the history of wrestling, in my opinion. I mean, the way he can tell a story and put it together with the funny stories and the timing and the caricatures that he does, it's um, it's unlike anything else. So I, I'm really excited that I get to you know do the show with him every week. But before we were doing the show, it was just him telling me stories. And I knew, man, I feel so lucky to be hearing this because every wrestling fan I know would enjoy this. And that's the same way I felt when I had a chance to really get to know Tony Schiavone. I mean, his personality is the exact opposite of what many of us thought for decades. And Bischoff, you know, I just feel like has been maybe misunderstood. And maybe sometimes he's his own worst enemy with some of his interviews and, you know, some of the stunts that he does. But the reality is nobody has the resume that he does. And so many of his innovations are still in place today. You know, just as much as, uh, you know, Hulk Hogan and Vince McMahon deserve the credit for the wrestling boom in the 80s, I think you got to give a lot of that credit, the majority of it, to Eric Bischoff in the 90s. Because if he wasn't pushing, if he wasn't challenging, would we have ever seen a Stone Cold? Would they have ever gotten a little edgier with the middle fingers and DX and the beer? And it, it all changed with the bold move of, bringing in Hulk Hogan and then eventually turning him into a bad guy and creating the NWO. And I just don't think that Eric really gets the credit he deserves there. So I named the show 83 weeks as a tribute. You know, it's like the old, the old Eminem Dr. Dre song, forgot about Dre. That's what that is to me for Eric Michelle. Yeah. You know, and we worked with Eric in May, obviously, and he came off the plane. We saw him with the 83 weeks hat. He had the 83 weeks polo. I mean, he was branded, and he was excited about it, and the show hadn't officially launched yet, or it was one weekend. It was just at the way beginning of it. But when we interviewed Tony last year, I mean, you felt the enthusiasm of him, and it was before his first live show. So that's how I can remember that one specifically. And we talked about all the great stuff, you know, uh, exacerbating all the great moments in the history of our sport and, and talking about all the things he was linked to. But I think we painted a really good picture with Tony that, this guy was completely different than his personality on television. And he had a lot of different jobs in WCW, but we all thought of him as just the talking head. And he was the lead announcer on Nitro. But you got him to really open up. And I think it's kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes. He's a funny bastard. You know what I mean? And I think it's really, uh, I think that's really cool to see. You've had that second dimension of Tony Schiavone uh, given out there to the public. I can't wait to do it again, man. And, you know, I've got a short list of guys that I'd really like to do another show with sometime. And obviously time is at a premium right now. But 
maybe sometime next year I'll be able to carve out some time and um, figure something else out to do because this sure it sure is fun to see guys get the recognition that they really deserved all along. Now, if I could go back to Starcaster for a minute, because I kind of want to talk a little bit about the birth. I know, obviously, Greg Price, who we know we've interviewed on the show before, we've talked to him a few times. Um, we've had some experiences with him. Had the NWA Fan Fest, obviously, down there in North Carolina. Not to say that it wasn't the most fan friendly, but as far as versus Starcast, Starcast is way more fan friendly and way more kind of um, just more upbeat as far as really, really personal with the fans. Is that something that when you were a part of or went to Greg Price's show, is that something you were kind of picking ideas and saying, oh, you know, I, I see this, but I could do this better and we could do this better and things like that? No, not at all. You know, I love Greg Price's convention just because it became my, you know, an opportunity to have like a family reunion with my wrestling friends from all over the country that I wouldn't have seen otherwise. And, you know, I, I didn't come away from any Greg Price convention saying, I think I could do better. Uh, it wasn't until he stopped running it that I thought, man, it's a shame. I wish somebody would keep this going. And then I thought, well, why can't I be that somebody? So I tried to book that same hotel the same weekend. And I would have done, you know, a much more scaled down version of StarCast there. I wouldn't have called it that, but it would have been, you know, a, a wrestling podcast convention, just smaller. And, you know, then when I saw Cody in the airport, we kicked it around and I sold him on the idea and he helped sell the bucks. And now here we are. But maybe this whole fan friendly thing is because I'm a sales guy. You know, I don't know another way to be at the end of the day. You know, this sounds weird because nobody talks like this, but man, I'm trying to sell you something and I can just be honest about it and say, Hey, listen, I want, I want you to come to this event. I want you to buy a ticket. I want you to buy a bracelet. I want you to come see these wrestlers. I want you to have dinner with this guy. I want you to put on a Ric Flair robe. I want you to hold the big gold belt. Well, the only way for me to really do that is to, you know, be easy to buy from and nobody wants to deal with an asshole, you know? So I'm not saying that Greg was, I'm just saying it's, you know, yes, we're in the, we're in the business of selling stage shows and meet and greets and pay-per-views, but we're in the, we're in the fan business. And so we are fans or not better than we're, we're equal to, and we have to go with this with like a servant's heart. You know, we got to try to make everybody happy and we're not going to, you know, if I've got 3,000 positive comments on Twitter, I'll focus on the five negative. And that's what we all do, whether we want to admit it or not. And a lot of people say, oh, I don't care. But no, you really, I mean, if you really should. If you're in the sales business, if you're in the customer service business, you should try to figure out a way to make everybody happy. And you're not going to, but that should be your goal. And so with that in mind, everybody that we've brought on, whether it's our social media guys or our graphics guys or the people who are answering emails and processing ticket orders, you know, we try to, as as much as we can, every time as possible, err on the side of the customer, man. Let's make them happy. And if everybody comes away, and not everybody will, but almost everybody comes away with, you know, a, an enjoyable, unique, one-of-a-kind experience that they would give us five stars for, if I'm ever dumb enough to do this again, they'll come back. Absolutely. And it's pretty great that it's available on Fight as well, Fight TV. So if anybody has that app or... You know, whatever way you get it, stream it, you can actually watch the roast of Bruce Pritchard or the death of WCW panel, which is definitely something that uh, has, has definitely got my uh, my eye raised. And obviously, Eric has a whole different uh, philosophy on the death of WCW. He won't even sign that book. He absolutely hates those guys. So that's something that is really, really something that I, I'm looking forward to seeing. 
Is that something on your mind that you're really looking forward to, or is there something else, maybe the roast of Bruce Pritchard that you're really looking forward to? You know, there, I feel like every show has something that I would be interested in because, I'm, I mean, I put together the schedule. So in a weird way, you know, I put together exactly what I would enjoy. But the main event to me on Thursday is Botchmania with Matthew, just because I've got a professional comedian, actually two up there, and Cassio Kid and Ron Funches, and they're going to be watching Silly Wrestling. And with Tony Schiavone's dry delivery, I mean, that should be phenomenal. And then on Friday, I'm really looking forward to my show with Tony Schiavone. Of course, we've got a whole bunch of surprise guests lined up for what happened when. And I think a lot of people are going to be sleeping on WrestleCrap just because I know what props we've lined up and it's stuff that you won't believe that we were able to land. But the old school in me thinks that, you know, the empty arena or war game stuff could be good. We haven't announced what movie we're, we're doing a world premiere screening for, but it's going to be something that people are shocked by that we were able to land. And I'm excited about that. And I don't know what to expect from the all-in weigh-ins, but I think that should be fun. I think the sleeper event of the whole weekend, believe it or not, is Stranglemania with the Insane Clown Posse. I think so many people just gravitate towards, oh, I don't like them. They're not any good at wrestling or they were bad for the business. They're wrestling fans who are going out of their way to come to a wrestling convention and spend time with other wrestling fans. It's not because they need the money. They love wrestling. And, you know, they're going to have some hilarity, I'm sure. But you're exactly right. The main event to me on Friday is the roast of Bruce Pritchard. We've got a bunch of guests lined up and we've got professional comedians lined up. And, and I just think it's going to be something people are going to be talking about. Saturday, though, is a different... I think I'm going to be different from you. I do look forward to the death of WCW panel, and I do expect some fireworks because Bischoff is there, and he's not always had the nicest things to say about Kevin Sullivan or J.J. Dillon, much less R.D. Reynolds. So instead of everybody <laughs> ganging up on R.D., I think it might wind up everybody ganging up on Eric, which if Eric has had a few scotches, that could be interesting. But the, the, the show not to miss there, to me, is primetime wrestling. You know, we've got behind the themes with Jim Johnston and the idea that we landed Jim Johnston, he's like Oz to me. I mean, we never see this guy. We never hear from this guy. And now we get to sort of peer into his creative process. I can't imagine that he'll ever do anything like this again. It took me six months of coercion to try to get him to commit. He finally did. And uh, he's going to be there. And I don't think we'll see it again. So if you didn't get a chance to get your tickets, then by all means, join us on Fight. Fight.tv forward slash StarCast. That is unbelievable. And, and to me, a little bit of an Oz guy. We actually had the pleasure of interviewing him. But as far as you and Bruce doing live shows, I noticed a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jerry McDivitt made a surprise appearance at one of your shows. So that's an Oz type guy as well that you guys were able to pull off. So pretty good stuff there. Yeah, you know, we were shocked by that because originally when we were talking about, hey, who could we get for Pittsburgh? Because that's usually a conversation Bruce and I have whenever we're going to do a live show. Like, hey, who's local? Who's in the area? So for like Rochester, New York, you know, we didn't have anybody. We just couldn't find anybody who was there. But for Pittsburgh, I'm like, what about this guy? What about this guy? And then he said, what about Jerry? And I just did a double take like, is that even possible? And sure enough, right in front of me, picked up the phone, called him, and he said, Bruce, I'd love to. And I was like, holy cow. Of course, we didn't want to promote it for obvious reasons. You know, there may have been a little bit of backlash from you-know-who, but I guess it's uh, <laughs> forgiveness, not permission, and we had fun. And 
you know, he was super open. Nothing was off the table. And that's what's great about having a lawyer up there is you can't rattle him. You can't shake him. You know, it's not like you're going to ask him a question and he's going to stumble. So, I mean, he, he it was phenomenal. And, and it's probably something that will never happen again. That is a great one. He is great. And, and kind of piggyback off the of StarCast a bit. You guys have so much lined up there. It's almost crazy. Then you throw in like a, a DDP yoga and this and that. I mean, there's so much stuff going on. If, if you go to StarCast.com and you look at the schedule, I mean, it's it's almost uh, mind-numbing. It's like, holy crap, you got so much going on. So I feel like no matter what, if you're a fan going there, there's not a chance that you will not have a good time. Because so wait, if you don't like the ITP, well, then go watch War Games. If you like this, then go check out the way. I mean, there's so much on that schedule. It's insane. Yeah, and, and that's the way we designed it, really, if I'm honest with you. I wanted to have stuff be counter-programmed. I've got two stages, so I can do two shows. So while I've got the Monday Night Wars debate on one stage, I've got Elite Karaoke with Marty Skrull on the other. And while I've got a Papa Buck jam session on one stage, I've got Botchamania with Tony Schiavone on the other. So we've got lots of counter-programmed stuff. So there really is something for everybody. Like, maybe you're a fan of Dave Meltzer and Wade Keller, We'll go to the four-star summit, but maybe you don't really like the dirt sheets. Well, come see Tony Schiavone. I mean, there's literally something for everybody the entire time, whether you're, you know, a fan, young or old. And um, I'm excited that we get to, you know, stream it worldwide. Fight is such an incredible app. I have to admit, I haven't used it until the last year or so. And about a year ago, uh, Canelo had a fight, and it was the only way to get the fight when I was on vacation was using this fight TV app. So. I went to the store and, and bought an Apple TV and then just streamed it directly from my iPad to the Apple TV and had a, a, a condo on the beach full of people watching that fight. And it was just such a cool experience. We were all just blown away with the quality of the HD and all that. And when we were approached about putting the show on fight, there was no hesitation. And if I can make this work over cellular, in a condo at the beach, then you can make this work in your living room. <laughs> it's an amazing app. The streaming is near perfect. I feel like they really got the technology down. You had all these apps years ago that Ring of Honor was using. They always skip or not work, but Fight has been pretty um, pretty damn spot on. I mean, they've been able to really dominate that technology and really, really do something great for the fans. And I think that just adds to it as well because – if you can't go to StarCast, can't go out to Chicago, maybe you couldn't spend a day out there, whatever the reason might be, just go to Fight TV and, hey, you, you know, pick up on uh, Jerry Lawler and Funk or you know, whoever. It's just amazing stuff. Or even the um, Andy Kaufman tribute that you guys got going on. Very cool stuff. Yeah, and we've got fun surprises throughout the show. You know, I'm working with all the creators for every single show about, hey, what can we – give a surprise with what what can be the takeaway is there something we can do here that will have everyone talking the next day what can we do that would go viral and it's crossed people to sort of put on their creative thinking hats and i think we're going to come away with some you had to be there type of moments starcast is amazing but i kind of wanted to talk about you for a second in your personal life because i feel like this gets overlooked and if it was me personally I would probably mention this every two seconds, but you're going to be Ric Flair, arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. I mean, Hogan, you got to throw up there, but Flair, complete package-wise, is probably the greatest of all time. You are going to be his son-in-law. Does that ever, you know, as a fan, just strike you like, wow, he is the absolute 
you know, God of wrestling, and uh, I'm going to call him Dad. Well, I mean, it was pretty cool when we first started hanging out years ago that, you know, I was friends with the greatest wrestler of all time, or I could text him or call him, but now it's just become not something I think about. Um, so, yes and no. I mean, yes, obviously it's cool. I mean, he's he's a great friend of mine, and, you know, it's, it's I, I guess I've, I've been able to sort of um, separate the person on TV from the person in my cell phone. And, you know, the person on TV and those old tapes, you know, that was, that was him, the performer. That's him, the professional. That's a character. And the person that I'm texting is not that same person. So, you know, it's not as much as James Gandolfini and Tony Soprano, but it's not too far off either. Now, obviously, you know, you did a few shows with Flair, the, the Woo Nation, the Flair show. Is that something that he was really comfortable doing, the podcast? Is, he, is that is like kind of added his comfort zone to do it? Because, I mean, he's got so many stories, but then again, he's Rick Flair, and he's kind of, you know, like it, like I said, almost like a Babe Ruth type, where it's almost like a little bit of myth there. He's, you know, he, how many doors you want to open? You're, you know, you got all these crazy stories and all this other stuff. So is that something that he just wasn't, wanting to kind of continue on doing? No, it's not necessarily that, you know, I mean, I think it's three things really. I think by and large, you know, and this upsets some people when I say it, but by and large, the standard podcast formula is super taxing where you've got a different guest every week. And you guys have done this, you know, that the Mm. pressure to find 52 entertaining guests a year, every year, you know, you're three years in and you're like, well, there's just not 350 interesting people in wrestling who are going to make a good download count for me this week. So it becomes a challenge. And and if you're Flair, you have to really impose on friendships. And he's used to being the guy who people call and ask a favor to. But now he's calling, asking for favors. And it happened at a time when he was still drinking. He's not anymore. So it would interfere with some party time. And he would have to impose on a friendship. And you guys know this, um, a lot of people assume that when you do a podcast, you become a millionaire. That is not the case. Uh, (laughs) You can make good money in podcasting, but you've got to go about it a different way and you've got to have a real financial strategy. But if you hope that, you know, it's filled the dreams and if you build it, they will come. That is not the case. And by the time it started to really make money, he was already sort of burnt out on leveraging friendships and interfering with party time, and it was just time to pack it in. But I'm forever grateful, because had he not asked me to sit in on that very first show and just ask questions, I can't say I ever would have become a podcaster. I'm, I'm certainly an accidental podcaster, but once I got going, I recognized the opportunity and what it could be, and I worked for months and months and months and months, not just not making money, but going backwards, traveling to Atlanta every week to tape that show, because... You know, Rick wanted to do them in person. So it was a sacrifice for a while, but in the end, it's more than paid for itself. And I'm, and I'm glad he asked me to sit in. Great stuff with, with Flair, obviously. But you're so right on podcasts. You don't just automatically make a ton of money. And then, especially with our show, we do an interview every week. So me finding guests or me finally talking to people, I mean, it is a little taxing. It is somewhat annoying to find guests and ask guests. And, Hey, you want to promote this? Hey, you want to promote that? People telling you no, people telling you yes, but then, you know, you're trying to accommodate time. So it is a pain in the ass. So it, what you're doing with Bruce, Tony, and Eric is perfect. You get that same guest every week. You have a dedicated topic. Obviously, Tony's formula is a little bit different, but, you know, you get Bruce, 
and you can either, you know, you get him going or you get his awesome stories and, you know, you get Eric going with some awesome stories. So that format is just perfect. And you've been able to kind of nail it out of the park. Is that something that you always just wanted to do with the format? Focus on that one kind of topic or that one guest, so to speak, or that one focal point? I knew that the the old model was broken when we had Dana White, you know, owner of the UFC on, and it died in downloads. And we had multi-platinum recording artist Darius Rucker, and it died in downloads. And we had the only defensive men to ever win the player of the year, the M- MVP in the NFL, Lawrence Taylor, and the downloads died. That's when I realized, okay, something's broken here. And even like a Shawn Michaels, if we if we split up Shawn Michaels into part one and part two, part two would die download wise. So it was just like, man, this is broken. I, I got to find a different way. I don't want people to be selective in their downloads. I want them to tune in every week. I mean, I listen to Howard Stern every day. I don't listen depending upon guests. I listen every day because I'm a Howard Stern fan, and I wanted to create that type of audience and. When we sat down and, and I was able to really pitch Bruce on, you know, this is what it should be. Not a guest, but what you just told me. And what he had just told me was the story of the Radicals and how they jumped from WCW to the WWF. And it started with me just saying, hey, man, what happened when the Radicals jumped? And he told me a story for over an hour. And when he finished, I said, dude, that's a podcast. So I beat him up for a couple of weeks and sold him on the idea of let's do one story, one topic, one news item, whatever, in long form, and just talk about it for an hour. And we did, and then eventually two hours, and then three hours, and then four hours, and then five hours. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it, it became a labor of love, but it was on one topic. And so that allowed us to do two things. One, not have to chase guests, not have to leverage friendships, not have to be a slave to whatever was hot and trendy for downloads. And not have to accommodate times. And, and it gave us the flexibility to record on our time. And the other way I made sure that the downloads were there is I started letting fans vote. As a salesperson, I teach every all of my salespeople, telling not selling. Don't go out here and tell everybody what they need to buy. Just ask them. Hey, man, what are you in the mood to buy? What brings you in today? How can I help you? And whatever they say next is what they're going to buy. So why not just say, hey, guys, what do you want us to talk about? And the most requested topics, put it on a poll, let them, you know, tweet about the poll, push it out on social media, convince their friends to vote on that topic. And what do you know? It starts a whisper campaign, the word of mouth starts to grow, and the downloads just rolled in. And so before you know it, we had the ability to let the fans choose, and it was one topic in long form. And because we're just doing one topic at a time, and we're not really bouncing around a ton, the show has a lot of longevity because... He has 20 years of stories just at the WWE, not counting Houston, not counting TNA. So we can do this for a very, very long time. Awesome stuff. I love it. I love it. Separate from Bruce. I mean, he's great. And we've had him on this show. And he uh, gave us, if you know what I mean, he gave us a great quote. So it kind of made the episode and kind of, you know, got got a bunch of downloads. So he's helped us out, whether he knew it or not. I think he may have purposely given us like a, a good funny quote, but you know, that's Bruce. He always is, 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 has a great thing to say or a great topic to say or a great quote to say. So I just think it's great on the other side of the spectrum, the research part of it. And that's kind of like my favorite. So I love that because you know, you can go back and watch the network. I actually, you know, nerdy Mark, whatever you want to call it. I actually have them all on DVD and I like to watch it going back. Cause you know, you get the original, 
music. You get, you know, nothing's edited out. So sometimes when I do research, I like to go back and watch the original stuff. But it is great to get a Meltzer point of view, to get some quotes from Keller, uh, to even go back and watch it and, you know, refine, you know, refine your, uh, your memory a little bit. So what is the research like? Because that is, to me, is, could be, you know, could be painful, but it is the most fun part, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what makes it real. You know, if you're just letting guys just go off their memory, then it's only going to go so far. That's what we were doing at the very beginning of the show. You listen to those early episodes. But then when we got to a topic that I really cared about, like a Brian Pillman or a Vader, I thought, man, I really want to do this justice because I was a fan of theirs, but I don't know all the specific details. So I took to the Observer archives and started making notes. And before you know it, the format had sort of changed. It became much more in-depth. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a multiple-hour, multiple-day process to put together the format. What I'll do is I'll just scour the torch and scour the observer, and then whatever relative autobiographies are out there, I'll search all that electronically, just do a Control-F, and then just try to push that stuff out as fast as I can into one Google Doc. And before we start you know, trimming down the data dump, it's 120 to 130 pages, and from there, I trim it down and format it into a show and, and try to position Bruce to be in the best spot to tell a story. And so it's not, I don't want it to just be me reading. I want to try to get a happy medium there where I'm giving you the information based on the way it was reported or written in a book. And then we tee up Bruce to make it funny or have it be an interesting tidbit or whatever. So I, I view my show, my, my role on the show is I'm Scotty Pippen and he's Michael Jordan. I'm just supposed to get the ball where it needs to be and he'll take care of the rest. Yeah, what about with those longer form shows? Because you guys do turn out some pretty, uh, some pretty hefty episodes sometimes. And we've run into that with Shane just because there sometimes isn't enough time to cover one or two topics in a, in a certain amount of time. It, it does bleed over. But when your shows go a little bit longer, how do you try to keep the pace up to make sure everybody listening staying interested? I mean, I think that we break it up with humor. You know, I mean, we try to look for what could be funny in this as much as we can with certain impressions and whatnot. And uh, sometimes we try to shoehorn them in because we feel like the content is not as interesting, but that's what fans wanted. So we try to jazz it up and put lipstick on a pig, as JR would say. But, I mean, in the end, we just really don't want to do a part two. You know, as I mentioned earlier, I saw that part one and part two just died in the downloads and, and we make our money based on downloads. You know, that's the way advertising is sold. So for this medium, if you want to make a bunch of money, you got to have a bunch of downloads. And if I know that having part two means that less people are going to listen, well, here's my solution. There ain't ever going to be a part two. Uh, and so even with like Hulk Hogan, you know, which is an episode we're coming up on, we're just covering the years, year by year. You know, we did Hogan 87, then Hogan 88. Well, we're going to do 89 and 90 together. Uh, but then we'll come back and we'll do 91, 92, because Bruce wasn't there for all of either. But we'll probably do 91, 92, 93, I guess. But then we'll be done with Hogan. But if we would have done Hogan in one sitting, then, you know, we probably would have felt like, man, this is 12 hours. We need to break this up into part one, part two, part three, part four. For whatever reason, when you put part two on there, people do not listen. And I learned that not just with Shawn Michaels on Flair's show, but with Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes had a long-standing rule at the time, I'm not doing any podcasts. But when Rick Flair asked him, he said yes. So we were the first podcast to have Flair on, or to have uh, Cody on. And part two did monster numbers, or part one did monster numbers, part two died. And part two was the better conversation. That's where we had the juicier details and the more fluid conversation. 
But by then, the audience had already decided, oh, I heard this last week. I don't want to hear it again. So no part twos for us. We'll jam it all into one if we need to, even if that means it's five hours. Uh, yeah, that's, oh my God, that's exactly right. And that's the way to do it because with Shane, we always end up coming back to stuff again and it'll be, oh, well, I forgot to mention this or, hey, I forgot to mention that. So when we've done dedicated shows, we try to encompass everything, but still we even have another wrinkle that comes in. I mean, even today I was telling John, there's another wrinkle that just kind of came in our direction about the NWA title throwdown. I mean, how many times are we going to talk about that? I hate to say that it's uh, overblown, but when we've talked about it countless times uh, on the show, but something new always comes up. But, you know, as I kind of digress, I just want to touch on this in relation to StarCast, as well as in relation to our show when we had Bruce on, like John was alluding to. That was in the midst of whatever was going on between uh, Vince Russo and, and Bruce. And Bruce kind of said something back to whatever Russo was talking about. But I listen to Russo all the time. He's a huge fan of yours. He, he puts you over like crazy. And it seems like he's back on the same page with Bruce. And I don't know if I was just sleeping when all that happened. But it seems like everybody's kind of the same thing. Now, when that all went down with the Russo, StarCast, All In, all the, whatever was going on. Now, he said, you never officially uninvited him from StarCast. The invite's there. He's just choosing not to come. Were you surprised with how much that really took off that one, I think it was a Friday when that thing blew up? Yeah, if I'm honest with you, I, I had no idea that there was, you know, I don't have it. I don't, you guys know how busy I am between the three podcasts and the Patreon and the, and the thing with WWE and the convention and the wedding and the mortgage company and blah, blah, blah. So I listen to podcasts when I travel and, and, I, and I'll, I'll download a ton if I'm driving you know, for a long period of time, or if I'm flying, you know, I, I, I've got podcasts loaded for bear on my iPad. But just through my everyday life, I, I, I'm not sitting at my desk listening to podcasts. I'm, I'm, I'm selling. I'm on the phone. I'm talking to people. So I, I legitimately had no idea that Russo had ever said anything that anyone could even misconstrue that was anti-homosexual. That's never been my experience with him. And I was completely oblivious to any sort of controversy one way or another. This is, at the very core of it, a wrestling podcast convention. I mean, here's what I mean. Let's run through Friday. We've got Busted Open. We've got Medusa Unthrottled. We've got WHW Monday. We've got a show with Meltzer, Keller, Alvarez, and Mitchell, all who have podcasts. We've got WrestleCrap, who has a podcast. We've got Jerry Lawler, who has a podcast. We've got J.J. Dillon and Animal, who have podcasts. We've got The Laps Fan. We've got Macaulay Culkin, who has a podcast. We've got Bruce Pritchard, who has a podcast. We've got The Raven Effect, who has a podcast. I have two events that aren't podcasts on Friday, and they're Strangle Mania with ICP and Spend My Days Karaoke with Bruce Pritchard and Jeff Jarrett. And both of them start at 10 and 11 p.m. The entire, the, our biggest day, all day, from the, from the beginning to the end, is all about podcasts. So what did I do? I reached out to Jim Ross. I reached out to Jerry Lawler. I reached out to Ricky Morton. I reached out to Chris Jericho. I reached out to Vince Russo. If you have a podcast, you got an email from me. Taz on down the line. And I said, hey, man, here's the vision. Here's what I'd like to do. And I'd love to have you. Rosenberg, Sam Roberts. I'm like, just on down the line. Just, hey, you got a podcast? Here you go. We'd love for you to be there. And Russo said, I don't know, bro, let's talk about it. So we talked and we came up with some fun ideas of things we could do. And he was into it. So we made the announcement and immediately Cody started getting tagged with a lot of backlash. And I had, I, I was not on social media at the time. 
I was at my real job. And then Cody said, dude, what's going on with all the Russo stuff? I'm like, I don't know. And so then he, he called. He said, man, it looks like he said something weird or bad or inappropriate, but people are pissed, and they're pissed at me and the Bucks. Because at that time, nobody knew I was the promoter. I wasn't hiding the fact, but it's just not my style to put my name in stuff. Like, I've got three podcasts. My name's in none of them. That's just not my thing. I'm not the star. I'm just a fan. I, I wasn't going to promote Conrad Thompson Presents Starcast. That's just not me. So anyway, he said, dude, this is bad. So I said, oh, well, I'll just delete it. That's it. There was never some big conversation. We deleted the guest announcement. We didn't make a formal show plan. And I called Russo the next day and said, dude, I don't know what happened. He's like, me either, bro. What's going on? I'm like, I don't know, man. Apparently you said this or that. And he's like, listen, man, I didn't mean to hurt the event. If it's easier for me just to not come, we'll just do something in the future together. And I said, cool with me. You know, I know that there's a lot of people who hate that I'm friendly with Vince Russo and think that he's the devil. That's not been my experience with him. I have a habit of treating people the way they treat me, and he's always been great to me. And I hope whatever it is that he's done to offend people with, because I haven't investigated any of it, but I hope that he fixes it. Because the guy that I know isn't the guy that maybe has been accused of all this. Or he's got me snowed. You know, I, I hope not. But he's always been super cool to me, and I think highly of him, and I hope that he finds a way to fix it, and everybody can be happily ever after. Completely agree, and it's a lot of, I think, a lot of misunderstanding, to say the least, um, but uh, unless people really get to listen to what he's got to say, I, I think a lot of the poison that's out there is definitely uh, a little, it's a little unjust, uh, I have to say, and that's just not being a Russo defender, which on this show, uh, we've gotten accused of being... Uh, Russo hater. So it, it's been both sides of the fence. You can never make everybody happy. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's fair to, to love or hate everything that anybody says. Like, I, I think, I, I think Jim Cornette is the most underrated podcaster of all. But if it were up to me, I would cut out all the political talk. But it's not my show. It's his show. He should get to do the type of show he wants. But like that Cornette's drive through man, that's like the most underrated podcast around. Nobody's really talking about that, but I, I'm sure it does great numbers. But it is such a great podcast, but nobody's really talking about it. And I think it's because people just gravitate to all the crazy, over-the-top, sensationalistic stuff that you know he can say sometimes about politics. Whether you agree with him or you don't agree with him, people are still listening for that. And that's almost like what has become the playbook for a lot of folks. And that may have been what, what Russo was looking to do. Let's create a little controversy. Let's stir it up. And I get that. But there is such a thing as doing it in a way where you alienate people. And I hope that's not what happened with Russo. And I hope if it is that he finds a way to fix it. Because he does have a lot of fun stories to tell, I'm sure. He needs the right format. He needs the right co-host. And I think that show could be tremendous. I mean, it's the same way with Cornette. Like, he's got two shows. One show, he'll talk about real-world stuff and politics and whatnot. And the other, of course, some wrestling. But the other is just questions and answers about old wrestling. My God, whose brain would you rather pick than Jim Cornette's? It's the best. Absolutely. He's, he is the man. Love Cornette. But as we start to wind it down here, you know, obviously, we've got StarCast coming up. You are a two-time podcast of the year award winner you got your mortgage company my god wb network show hopefully coming back for season two i mean you got so much stuff going on 
I mean, it's it's just crazy. Obviously, you, know, you get married and everything like that. You get so much. But one thing I, I had to ask you is just about your memorabilia and stuff that you have, because obviously um, the dusty boots stand out to me. You can see that. You know, ignore the save for Bruce time for a second, but look at the dusty boots or save with Bruce.com. But you, you know, you got the star cast up. It says dusty boots always stick out to me. That is a great piece of memorabilia. You got another piece of memorabilia. I'm not going to mention that might be the greatest piece of memorabilia of all time. You got the flare robes. You got all this awesome stuff. Do you have a favorite piece of memorabilia that you own? Uh, the purple Ric Flair robe from Starcade 1993. I just got that this year. It's the one that's in the uh, the signature open of all the WWE programming. Uh, it's got like a little miniature cape with it. He wore it, I think, at SummerSlam 92 as well. It's just, it's the coolest of the flare robes to me. You know, besides that black one with the silver butterflies and, and white feathers that eludes me. I've been looking for that damn thing forever and I can't find it. But this purple one is, is still my second favorite ever. And that's probably the coolest piece, but the um, the Dusty Rose boots that people see on the network, that's got to be up there. Amazing stuff. I, I just love uh, the, the amount of memorabilia you have and all the stuff you have and all the stuff that people will get to touch and see and hold at StarCast, which is really cool and a really cool opportunity for pictures and just, just to hold it in wrestling history in your hands is just an amazing thing in and of itself. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. And you're exactly right. I mean, we're letting people put on a real Ric Flair robe. We're letting people hold the big gold belt. We're letting people go to dinner with Kevin Nash. We're letting people call the Young Bucks match with Ian. We're letting people cut promos with Tony Schiavone. We're letting people get their picture made and on the TBS set with J.J. Dillon, Tully Blanchard, and Arn Anderson. You know, we're letting people get a dirty limerick read about them by Joel Gertner outside of the ECW arena. You know, you can step inside the heel locker room with a real ring-used tag team championship belt and cut a promo with Sean Mooney and Road Warrior Animal on what looks like an old WWF set. It's just a once-in-a-lifetime experience. We're trying to cram as much as we can as we can into this one weekend, and we hope people are as excited about it as we are. Obviously, you got something to wrestle with. What happened when with Tony Schiavone? 83 weeks. So much good stuff there. I travel a lot, especially the last couple of months. I've been traveling so much. So catching up with 83 weeks, I'm, I'm a Bischoff guy through and through. I've been a Bischoff guy forever. Just love him. I love the fact that no McMahon, uh, not Jess McMahon, not Vince Sr., Vince Jr., nobody was able to beat the, any of those guys. And, you know, the friggin' 100 years, whatever you want to say, of them promoting, except for Eric Bischoff, not Crockett. Uh, sure as hell not uh, Dixie Carter, anybody from TNA, um, not Watts, um, you know, nobody at Cornette, not Cornette, not him. No one has been able to beat Vince said Bischoff. So I love 83 weeks. Is there possibly, you know, an episode you could say for the fans that definitely, if, if you're not into 83 weeks, this will get you into 83 weeks? Well, if you want to hear me yell at Eric Bischoff, you should go listen to the Great American Bash 1998. I mean, 10 minutes in and we're costing people <laughs> the way we never imagined that we would. But I think this last episode is probably our, our, our biggest sleeper. Um, you know, there's just so much going on. And it feels like a random nitro, but it's where Hogan finally put down the black and white, went back to the red and yellow in August of 1999. It feels like a throwaway show, but it's anything but. And uh, it's the go-home show for Road Wild. But we got into the details of the Kiss Demon and Rapid's Craft and so many other things that were going on. And, you know, it wasn't too terribly long after this, like a month later maybe, and Bischoff's out of a job, and Russo's on his way. So 
if I had to recommend one show, I would think that would be near the top of the list. But our most downloaded show, and it's not close, is the Chris Jericho episode where we covered Chris's entire run in WCW. Oh, wow. Awesome. Hey, we could have just snuck a recorder in and had John's conversations with uh, Eric in the, uh, the front of his car uh, be a whole episode <laughs> for you. Because, man, can this guy talk Eric's ear off in a, a short amount of time? It's pretty, uh, it's pretty <laughs> impressive, to say the least. But as, as we get to wrap it up here, Conrad, you know, we usually say to the, uh, to the old timers and to the guys that are still wrestling, you know, what do you feel like you want to leave in the business? But you've got a lot to do still, and you've got a lot coming. And obviously with StarCast, you know, you said maybe it's a one and done. Yeah, we never know. We don't know that yet. But you said you might be adding another show next year if you get the time. But if you look five years down the road, just to kind of put this in the crystal ball, if you look five years down the road, what do you see yourself doing? Is it more work inside the WWE? Is it kind of building your podcasting brand empire? You know, what do you think you're going to be doing here in five years? Mortgages. That's all I know for sure. And we know those always last forever, too. So uh, yeah, that'll always be there for you, to say the least. But listen, this has been a ton of fun. And, you know, we appreciate what you said at the top of the show. And if you want to hear our show, you can just tune in to Why It Ended every single Wednesday. And you can hear the two-man power trip episodes being brought to you by Matt Coon there. So uh, we, we appreciate you coming on, Conrad. It's been a ton of fun. We love Matt. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm glad somebody does. You know, I think that's probably my biggest regret in podcasting is breathing life into that shit show. But, um, <laughs> if you want to hear what not to do on your podcast, uh, just check out The Real Matt Coon on Twitter or Matt Coon Music or whatever his Twitter handle is today. I'm sure it'll change by the time this show airs, but check out why it ended or when it ended or how it ended. We're not exactly sure what that is, and Robbie E. doesn't know either. Uh, but they do have an entertaining show. You know, I just listened to their um, their Coco Beware show, and Coco's a guy who's probably not made the loop in all the podcast world. So to hear him on there and tell his story was, was a cool thing. So that platform is a great idea. And it's just a shame that it wound up with two shitheads like Robbie. <laughs> hey, Hey, that's also why we're going to be recycling some of our older interviews. Cause we interviewed Coco two and a half years ago and we had him crying two and a half years ago. So it's, uh, it's definitely awesome when you get the right guest. but look, this has been a ton of fun. Obviously, one last plug here for StarCast and everything going on in the world of uh, of the guy who's literally his Twitter mentions. I mean, do you? Before we end it, I got to ask this: Do you kind of get overwhelmed with the amount of times you're tagged in a tweet? I mean, I can't see a wrestling tube without your name being at the end of it. So you kind of get a little overwhelmed sometimes with those. I can't keep up. You know, I mean, I was I did my best to keep up, but this StarCast stuff is taking up so much of my time that. I had to just put one down for a little while. So I'm not nearly as heavy on Twitter as I once was. And I, I would say the quality of my life has improved, but I'm just spending it somewhere else and that's building StarCast. So hopefully, you know, in, a, in, I don't know, six or eight weeks, I'll get to take a big deep breath and I might even take a pause on social media for a week or two just, just to get my wits about me. If I uh, if I see somebody, they go, hey, I just saw a wrestling match. Hey, hey, it's Conrad. What did you think about a wrestling match? I mean, it literally, it never fails uh, every single time, but that's uh, you've done a great job. So please give us all the plugs here at the end as we wrap up and uh, kind of send you off there into the sunset. Man, I'm at Hey, Hey, It's Conrad on Twitter. I would love to have you tag me in all of your wrestling tweets. And uh, don't forget <laughs> to check out StarCast. It's fight.tv forward slash StarCast. It's Labor Day weekend. And you can enjoy it from anywhere in the world. So... You don't have to make the trek to Chicago. Just jump on right now. Fight.tv forward slash StarCast. 
It's F-I-T-E, and there's two R's in StarCast, and you can get it for one low price. It's uh, four days, two stages, over 20 shows, over 40 hours. Can't beat it. Absolutely. StarCast.com, yeah, with two R's. And, Conrad, thank you so much for coming on, and uh, maybe we'll check you out down the road. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling, What the World is Downloading.